Jeffrey Bader served as special assistant to President Obama and as senior director for East Asian Affairs on the National Security Council until last year. Currently, he's a fellow at the Brookings Institution. Jeff Bader, the the Chinese government says the U.S. government is interfering in China's internal affairs. What do you make of this? Uh, I think that's what one would expect the Chinese to say under the circumstances. Clearly, they were unhappy that Chen Guangcheng, the uh, dissident uh, who's been in uh, the U.S. embassy for the last six days, uh, found his way into the embassy, presumably with some uh, assistance. So they regard that as uh, interference in their internal affairs. And I'm not surprised that they would say this. So China wants the U.S. government to apologize for what the Chinese are calling the inappropriate use of a diplomatic mission. They also want the U.S. to promise it'll never happen again. Does this mean the U.S. and China are at a diplomatic standoff? No, on the contrary. Uh, The U.S. is not going to apologize. That will not happen. What the Chinese are seeking here is to demonstrate to their own people that they are in charge uh, of this matter, that this is not a case where the U.S. is dictating terms. And the other thing they want to assure is that there is not a repetition. So they're looking to put the U.S. on notice that this should not become a precedent for future such events where dissidents will show up at the U.S. embassy and gain asylum. Uh, This, I think, in the minds of both the Chinese and the Americans was a a one-time affair. No one wants to see the U.S. embassy turned into a regular asylum for this kind of case. And still, uh, seeking shelter in an embassy generally is an age-old tradition all over the globe. It's very rare. The U.S. government, as a matter of law and as a matter of practice, does not provide asylum Mm. uh, in its embassies anywhere. There have been one or two cases, uh, Cardinal Mincente in Hungary during the Cold War, a group of Pentecostals in Moscow, during the Cold War, where people stayed in U.S. embassies for a very long time. But the fact of the matter is that the U.S. government has no ability to get someone out uh, of an embassy into exile abroad, even if the individual wanted to. So the U.S. does not have a doctrine of diplomatic asylum in embassies. What we do have a doctrine of is temporary refuge for people seeking uh, protection from a mob or from from imminent danger. Uh, So that was the legal basis on which Chen Guangcheng was uh, given sanctuary. There are reports that a U.S. official told Chen that Chinese authorities threatened to beat his wife if Chen didn't leave the U.S. embassy. If the U.S. was aware of those threats, why are they portraying the deal for Chen's leaving the embassy as satisfactory? I am told... uh, I believe authoritatively and accurately that the U.S. government was not aware of any threats to beat Chun or his family, that no such threats were conveyed by or in the presence of U.S. government officials to Chun. I think that the the way the negotiation unfolded, the Chinese conveyed that the deal that they were offering was not going to be on the table forever, and that if Chun did not accept the deal that they had negotiated, then Chun's wife, who was in Beijing, would go back to Shandong. There was no conveying of a threat uh, to beat anyone. Jeff Bader, you were at the U.S. Embassy in 1989 during the Tiananmen uprising, and you were directly involved in the case of Fang Lijie, a pro-democracy activist who took shelter at the U.S. Embassy and ended up staying there a year. I know Fung's case and Chen's case are very different, but just take us back to your involvement in Fung's case and what it was like. Yes, Marco. I was um, actually the acting director of the China desk at the State Department uh, on June 4th, 1989, when the Chinese assaulted Tiananmen. I came into the embassy the the next day and was told that 
uh, Fong and his wife and son had come into the embassy seeking asylum because he was identified by the Chinese government as the black hand who was responsible for the unrest. And uh, I was told that the embassy had talked to Fong for several hours and then he had decided to return to the Jianguo Hotel elsewhere in Beijing not to seek asylum. He was basically encouraged not to seek asylum. Mm. I said that this was not satisfactory uh, and that they should bring him, his wife, and his son back into the embassy for protection. There was some discussion, and uh, but finally mm -hmm. we communicated to them, the embassy, that they should bring him back in, which they did. He was brought back in, uh, and then Ambassador Lilly, late Ambassador Lilly, negotiated for the next year on Fong's exile to the U.S. That case was different in multiple respects, as you've indicated. One is that Fong uh, was seeking exile from the beginning. He was he almost certainly would have faced at minimum life imprisonment or execution had he stayed in China. So exile was the only choice. The other interesting feature of it was that our embassy was essentially frozen out of all relations with the Chinese during the course of the next year while Fong stayed in the embassy. Uh, Ambassador Lilly was able to negotiate his departure from China, but uh, there were essentially no other relations between the Chinese government and the U.S. embassy so long as Fang and his wife were in the embassy. So returning to the current episode of Chen Guangchang, what are the terms that China offered to protect Chen? Well, I gather what they've said is that uh, he would not be returned to Shandong province where he was held in house arrest, that he would be taken to a new place with his wife and children, that he would have the opportunity to have university education. He's a self-taught lawyer. He wants to have a legal education. Um, that the U.S. government would have periodic uh, access to him to check on his status and that he would be treated uh, humanely. I think that's the essence of what the, the Chinese said. Uh, this was satisfactory to Chun and that was what our officials were seeking to assure was, uh, was Chun being offered something that was his wish. How confident are you that the, the, the terms will be honored? Well, I think the main point is that Chun seems sufficiently confident they'd be honored, so a decision was made uh, by him to leave. Uh, predicting future Chinese conduct on this, I can't really say. I think the only thing I'd say is that the Chinese have made some unusual commitments in this case. Uh, uh, given Secretary Clinton's personal involvement in it, uh, in the prominence of this case in the U.S.-China relationship, if the Chinese were to persecute him or arrest him, obviously it would be a, a, a large issue in U.S.-China relations. Uh, so that gives the Chinese uh, hopefully some significant disincentive for doing that kind of thing. But one can't uh, make guarantees. Guarantees are not obtainable in this kind of situation. Uh, China's a sovereign country and uh, they'll make their own decisions. But they have made commitments uh, in uh, which are exposed to, to the public, uh, it would certainly be uh, damaging to them and to our relationship if they went back on them. So just to update, Chen has spoken to the Associated Press, and, and he says he fears for his wife and wife's and daughter's safety, and he wants to leave. So would the U.S. be, be willing to bring him to the United States to offer him asylum? Uh, Marco, to me, that's completely speculative. He, is, as I say, spent six days with U.S. officials and never said anything like that. If he is saying that now, um, the U.S. government is, uh, U.S. government officials are reading that in the media. He had five days, six days in which to say it to U.S. government officials. Never said it. Um, uh, we're dealing with a new situation based on a media report that I can't judge. I just 
don't know how to evaluate statements by someone who was saying the, something very different for six days and now uh, reportedly is saying something else. Do you think it's realistic for Chen to continue his work as an activist lawyer in China, given that so many activist lawyers have been re- arrested recently? I think it would be a significant challenge. It would be difficult. Uh, the Chinese leadership in the last few years has certainly not shown much tolerance of high-profile activism of a sort that uh, Chun has engaged in the past. So I think this would be very difficult. Jeffrey Bader, a fellow at the Brookings Institution, he served as special assistant to President Obama and as the senior director for East Asian Affairs on the National Security Council until last year. His new book is called Obama and China's Rise, an insider's account of America's Asia strategy. Jeffrey, thank you. Thank you, Marco.